0: What's she doing here? He made me your alternate. Because just in case. Toma. Toma. Toma! Yes! It can't be her. It can't be her.
1: Okay, why don't you just go and catch up there? What's going on?
0: Lily. You made her my alternate.
1: Well, there's always an alternate. Lily's the best choice. No, but she my role. (laughs) Every dancer in the world wants your role.
0: No, this is different. She's after
1: me. She's trying to replace me. Nobody's after you. No, please believe me. I know it's been a
0: struggle. but You just had a breakthrough this morning.
1: Tomorrow's yours. Just give a great performance and you won't have to worry about Lily or anybody else. back to another episode of a podcast directed by. So now we get to the awards worthy stuff from Darren Aronofsky. We get to Black Swan. Um, so, Mike, um, I'm like I'm a little worried about this episode because I love this hmm. movie. I've been oh, on the record okay. many times. Uh, about how much i love this movie like i i also have like a very soft spot for natalie portman i just think she's great in just about everything so and i'm a darren Eh. aronofsky fan so Eh. this was like made for me so i'm wondering what your take on black swan is other than it's a loose remake of some stupid cartoon that's (laughs) That's, i think that's probably gonna be my letterbox review Uh, because i love to
0: Love to get people upset calling them cartoons. They are cartoons. What's wrong with them? They are cartoons. Why, why is that a, uh, a negative for them? I'm I mean, a true it fan is, but... am of cartoons. <laughs> I'm the cartoon expert here. Uh, Black Swan. Also a little bit of a cartoon, I, I guess. Um, sure. It is... Um, Another
1: subtle film from Darren Aronofsky, is that what you're saying?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the most... I would say it's the most entertaining, uh, film of, of his. Maybe as we get to Noah, that's more mainstream entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say at the time of its release, um, it, it was sort of kind of pop art fun. I mean, mm-hmm. as far as I know, this was actually a financial success. Oh yeah. It did very his. well. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Did we mention, what did the wrestler do? Did we, I don't think we got into its box office, but, uh, Okay, it did uh, $44 million on a budget of six. So that mm-hmm. was... You know, it's a success. Uh, Black Swan, over $330 million Ooh. ooh <laughs> on a budget of thirteen. Yeah, it million. did okay. That's... Yeah. Um, I can only attribute that to... You know where my mind's going. All, all, the, Portman, all the lesbian you know, content? Kimis. Is that... Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. More <laughs> of that, please. Um it can't be ballet right i mean i don't think that's what no uh, to no. american audiences by by storm
1: uh i seem to like... remember when this came out that is what people were talking about not the ballet but the the kind of girl-on-girl action would got a lot of publicity so as it should um there's money to be made there um there's look, a whole industry this...
0: founded on it yes i have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I knew this would come up because I knew you would be dismissive of that because, uh, I do host another show, uh, called Sober Cinema where I relayed to my co-host, Jared Dotson, who probably should have just have made a guest appearance on one of these because now he's, he, this is back to back times so that I mentioned him. Yeah. Uh, where I told him that you privately tried to take me aside and explain that there's no such thing as scissoring <laughs> in the lesbian community. And
1: it's I. It's not that there's no such thing. It's just. Uh, here not, back, it's, it's not as common as you would be led to believe by pornography and, uh, blue is the warmest color. Um, so. Well, I've not is, seen the. You might the love minor. that movie. There's like a 25 <laughs> minute sex scene in that movie, so you might love it. There's three hours of other stuff in it, so you gotta deal with that, hmm. but.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think I want to be the yeah. uh, Jack Horner fanboy and just sit in it for three hours. Um, yeah, you know, but there's but things I was, to do.
1: But I was breaking your heart, uh, telling you that. Well, I that still comment. don't believe you
0: because I, you know, I choose to believe in good things in the world, and to me, that sounds like a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> that's it. That's that's what you came here to say. <laughs> scissoring is fun. That's... Thank you. This has been our <laughs> good night, everybody. But
0: well, there is no scissoring. Um, but. Yeah, I understand hot lesbian action and why that would be a marketing hook. I I don't know, is this like the last sort of vestige of like some like Oscar push where people are like, okay, this is a time to to uh try something a little off the beaten path. Uh you know, it's Oscar season. It does have movie star in it, but I can't imagine that the hook of her playing a crazed, uh, you know, somewhat unstable, uh, dancer inherently, uh, certainly now in 2020, that means fuck all. Like, you know, <laughs> doubt this would be, have this sort of wide theatrical run. Um, also the, you know, you said that, uh, in an early episode that he has a horror sensibility and I seem to recall this being pushed kind of as a horror film. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still amazed that it was so accepted by mainstream audiences. Uh, but I, You know, this is one time where they weren't led astray, I don't think, Mm because having watched his movies, I think this is the most fun one to watch. I mean, it's still horrifying, but it's, uh, I don't know, it's like his version of like an uh, erotic thriller. Yeah. Yeah. No scissoring. No, Some erotic <laughs> not scenario?
1: erotic enough for Mike, but, uh, what still. Is? <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> enough. That's a good point. You know, I think there was a couple things, at least to my memory that was going on with the popularity of this movie. Um, obviously you've got the movie star aspect and it's a big budget. It feels like a spectacle. Um, so you have that. And there was also like a word of mouth thing going on, like, Oh my God, you're not going to fucking believe this movie. You have to check it out. Um, and it's a movie that because it has, I guess a twist, uh, to this movie. It holds up to rewatch. There's a lot of things to watch a second time to figure out, like, what was actually going on here. Let me try to figure this out the second time around. Kind of like, you know, The Sixth Sense when that made a billion dollars. Uh um, sexier. <laughs> yes, it is sexier than um, a child seeing dead people. Yes, I would agree with that. Why are you just skipping over Tony Collette? You know, she's in that movie. Maybe she has a, a B
0: plot. Where she, you know, she gets away from her fucked up kid and does she? Though,
1: no, she doesn't. Well, so.
0: He's a lesser filmmaker. That's why he's not been featured
1: on this podcast. Oh god, I don't think I could handle uh, a couple months of M Night Shyamalan. I couldn't do it.
0: Would you try to cram it in one month? Would you just say we're just we trying to get the movies? pain over? Yes. <laughs> I think we'd have to do Lady in the Water though. I feel like that'd be
1: a fun episode. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's uh there's things to talk about in that movie. A lot goes on. You know, I still haven't seen the happening. That's uh that's one that I've been told is awful that I kinda wanna see because it has been kind of shit on for years. And no Mark one Walmart. listens to Marky Mark and the world will end because of it. I'm kind of okay with that. I think if is the just... wor- if the world continuing hinges on me listening to Marky Mark, we're not gonna make it. Like it's maybe if you <laughs> believed
0: in scissoring you wouldn't want the world to end. <laughs>
1: Michael, get it together.
0: <laughs> all right, just avoid Mila Kunis in any further talking points, and maybe I can stay on task. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Can think you we... do that? Can uh, you accept no, that challenge? Absolutely uh-huh. not. Yeah, you're absolutely no better not. than me. Okay, <laughs> That's... all right.
1: No, but I think uh, I think it absolutely, like you mentioned, is it his version of erotic thriller? I would say flat out, it is an erotic thriller by any mm-hmm. by any definition. Um, I think it does that
0: offend I, you at all? Then, Coming from your background, and do you think it is it seen as offensive uh to uh, you know, a woman struggling with some mental health issues here, <laughs> that it is <laughs> you know, there's there's the sex interlude, uh there's uh physical violence, uh there's this sort of fantasy element of like the the monster that's like lurking like around the stage is out to get her. Is what I'm saying is uh is it too fun uh, in sort of a dismissive sense that we're sort of playing in uh, the sandbox of mental health. But we don't Mm. really want to get into that
1: because that would, that would be the buzzkill. I I thought you were asking if erotic thrillers were offensive to me and I was like, no, they're great. What are you talking about? Um, But I still think the answer is no to the question you're asking. And I think, I think it is a testament to Natalie Portman's performance that it's not because it could very easily veer into that territory where we're like, mocking someone uh with mental health issues but like the the constant like fear and confusion that she's able to portray like make this feel real and that we care about her um but if this if she just became like an object for these terrible things to happen to then i think it does go into that area like i'm i'm uncomfortable with how much we're enjoying tormenting this poor woman, like the things that she's going through. It's a lot. I mean there's legitimately a scene where she is sitting on the subway and a man is uh pretending to masturbate to her. So there's there's a lot going on in this movie and it is and they you know don't they don't say. they don't pull away from it either. Like they just let you sit in it. It's a lot. What are you gonna say? Ask to, say? Ass
0: to yeah, ass. There It's it is. like creepy old men. It's yeah. like it's I would would not have thought of that except you have me mainlining Aronofsky. Uh, in order, and I'm like, oh, there it is. The dirty old pervert. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's, there seems to be a legitimate fear. And when you come into an encounter with a gentleman like that, uh, certainly founded on uh, being looked at as a sex object. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you have, and I'm going to try to talk around my base instincts uh, the Mila Kunis character, where Nina, played by Natalie Portman, even she can't help but admire the uh freedom and the comfort mm-hmm. that this dancer has with her own body and with how people perceive her I mean there's a sequence in a restaurant where uh she kind of flirts with the waiter mm-hmm. um about you know the juicy uh cheeseburger and then mocks uh, him into the ground. Yeah, and then immediately you know turns on a dime. Like, all right, that's a that's enough. Of that like you you overstayed your welcome. Uh You're like that show, a podcast directed by like cut it down to like <laughs> five minute snippets. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I you know I I think that there there is something to you know this this character wanting to break out of Man. of being you know she's treated like a little girl like her mm-hmm. mom like the the god they're creepy like them talking about like how pink and they have this way that they say how pink and pretty
1: something is and it's like mm. sends a shiver up my it's back so I mean, it's so infantilizing like it's yeah. not even it's not even just like she's treated like a teenager or like she's treated like like a toddler it is terrifying and barbara hershey's also very good in this movie uh but horrifying like it's their interactions th- are probably it's there's a lot of icky stuff here as you would say there's a lot of uncomfortable moments but the stuff between the mother and daughter to me is the worst bit like I just like I would like to get out of this house right now and so would our lead character uh, so I get that well the entire world view here with all the characters like even this uh,
0: the man leading this this company uh, is asking of, of women here as, as, you know, portrayed by, uh, Nina, uh, personified by what her arc is that they have to be, uh, virginal and, um, sort of led by someone else, by like an, a mature vision into, uh, adulthood. Mm. And you either have to be childlike and sort of like unaware of the, the world around you uh and then then the only next logical step is we're totally going to sexualize you yeah. you're, you're you're just a, a wild sex object the virgin um, and the you, whore right like this Can you a... please go back to that like uh, after we have we've tired of that go back to your previous persona uh and there's nothing there's nothing in between for the, for <laughs> these two yeah um i i dug all that cuz so i get it i i'm i'm fine with <laughs> I'm fine with the simplicity of yeah. You know, what we've talked about this month is that Aronofsky is interested in a lot of big ideas. So mm-hmm. you're gonna uh, look at God finding finding meaning in numbers to everything in the world, uh, addictions in various forms, uh, you know, love across time and space, and and facing our own fears of mortality. I like that this is basically like be sexy. But don't be too slutty about it. <laughs> it's like it's basically what the the yeah. guy is charging her with, which is totally an unfair uh especially coming from a man an unfair uh task to give someone because none of that has ever applied to men no and somehow a, a man can just be handsome or attractive and sort of walk through the raindrops but yeah women have to wear all these various hats they have to have that uh almost sort of bipolar uh Persona for for men Whichever toy they want to pick up and play with I, I'm i not saying I approve of it but I like that Aronofsky just kept it very sparse and clean As far yeah. as uh, just attacking that one Theme
1: yeah and it's interesting I think I mean I would argue that they're in That world that he's creating there's three Roles for women there's the virgin There's the whore and there's the You're old go away uh you're done now. I mean that's essentially i was about to applaud
0: you for for adding a third one but the third one was incredibly <laughs> depressing. Worse. So I mean let th-
1: I me mean, look at what
0: happened to Winona Ryder's character. Yes, her stabbing know? herself in the face yeah. in that <laughs> uh fantasy version which Right. I know shout out to uh to Sheila, I believe on Twitter who hates she Winona must Ryder. She that moment. That's... <laughs> she doesn't treat it as fantasy. She says no that actually happened. That happened. That was That real. character Winona Ryder, stabbing herself in the face.
1: And, uh, the audience applauded. Um, <laughs> and I find, I find it interesting that at the beginning, like when everyone's kind of going out for the roles, um, our lead here is kind of like, well, there are some, you know, prima ballerinas that like, you know, were leads until they were 50. Like she wants to believe that there's a possibility that like you can age and still do this while all the while the entire movie and the entire world is showing her the exact opposite. And she is actually the one. That is causing this older ballerina to be kind of shuffled off into the dark, you know, and she is taking her place. So I think it's really interesting that, like, she is – she's involved in this but wants it to be better, but it still ends up kind of taking advantage of the fact that she's younger.
0: She's cognizant of that enough – do you think she takes ownership of her
1: part in – not no. not until she sees That's, someone else coming for her. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I think I think once she's threatened, and because that, there's even a scene where she goes and visits Winona Ryder's character, and she's like, "I understand now. I understand what you were going through." Which she kind of does, but mm, it's not really the same. But you don't uh, quite have the miles, right? The exactly. To really understand.
0: Because um, the thing with like Winona Ryder's character is like, we're gonna have a gathering of people applauding. Her forced retirement. Right. Like, there's no one, like,
1: in the crowd being like, oh, why, why, why? Everyone's like, well, yeah, she's old. Yeah. (laughs) No way now. And there's another moment in the movie that I, that I really like that shows our leads, uh, naivete is that, you know, there's this whole thing, you know, my princess, right? That he calls Winona writer's character. Icky. Icky yeah. alert yeah. Out there. Icky already. Um, but she like needs to believe that like, no, no, that's just for her because that, that means she's special and that means I can be special and I'm not replaceable. And you're like, and you're just looking at her like, Oh girl, this is, um, this is not the real world. <laughs> this is not. It's interesting though, because
0: she, when she talks to her mother, um, she seems to have a pretty firm grasp of of the world uh, as mm-hmm. as it relates to this particular profession uh because uh they're having a conversation uh where her mom kind of alludes to the fact that she had to give up her career because she got pregnant with her um as an and, old woman of twenty eight
1: yes <laughs> that well that's
0: what Natalie Portman's character says you were twenty eight and she says it with like such, you know, disdain, like that's, you were done. You were cooked. <laughs> right. Uh, which is different from how, like that earlier sequence where she's saying like, oh no, no, it, it can not happen. Um, because the other, the other main mm-hmm. theme of this is like this pursuit of perfection. Like this, mm-hmm. this and like whiplash is, a, would make a pretty An good, amazing like, double, feature. double feature. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the film ends with uh, the last lines of her saying, I was, I was perfect. Like, mm-hmm uh going back to the rest She fucking if, dies yes i don't know if my buddy Jared uh of sober cinema fame uh to to eight people uh, infamous uh eight uh i don't know if he he's seen black swan i think we've actually watched together i don't know if he had the same feelings it's like yeah that's the way to go out portman because i'm mm, interested I, I think he may have thought there's an age limit to the going out in the a blaze of glory ring of fire and I if think, you're old you can do
1: it i but... think he
0: yeah why not Ryder? if she had done it he would have been like good for you but natalie portman may be too young maybe mm, you want to do something else some so, else. more scissoring
1: before uh before going out in a i in never portman. thought it <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what you're talking so, about so one thing I do want to talk about is when this movie... I mean, it's hard to say, like, okay, here's where the movie, like, goes off the rails purposefully. Because uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. But the moment where she becomes the swan, uh, right before she, like, passes out, you see, like, the legs break and, you know, the hair starting to come out. And, like, it's it's one of those moments where, honestly, I feel like... It makes a weird kind of sense, um, with everything that's gone on throughout the rest of the movie. Like you have this, like, rash that she keeps scratching at, and then it slowly kind of morphs into something different. But I remember when I first watched this in the theater, like this made me, like, jump backwards, like when that moment happens. Uh, but it's so interesting to watch it again, knowing it's coming, where you're like, oh yeah, this, uh, for this world that Aronofsky's created, this makes perfect sense. But I do, vividly remember that being a truly shocking moment where it's like Mm. okay we're not just like diving into the character like something is in the world of this movie like she is becoming this creature and there's some like fantastic makeup and like you know what they did with the eyes and the it's phenomenal it's some of the yeah
0: i had a different reaction to you. it, hmm. it just got me fucking pumped man i it was like watching uh kg bang <laughs> his head against
1: the post or something let's go <laughs> mike all of a sudden is the biggest <laughs> ballet fan <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> let's do this gonna my gonna new stab, ballet was this cool
0: <laughs> stab have a cat fight with my fancy girlfriend throw her in the closet i'm like are we going this is full-on becoming a de palma movie and my, you know, you know, my only disappointment you're not
1: that far off though I mean, it does kind of feel like that There's, in the last half uh, hour.
0: definitely a far more titillating version uh, if De Palma got his... Oh, yeah, there'd be a lot uh, more nudity in De Palma <laughs> it. Um, it may be the only time I've ever uh, been slightly disappointed to see Mila Kunis's face pop up again on screen. Uh, uh, when, when you found out she,
1: that was not actually happening.
0: Yeah, that wasn't a, a cat fight. That's just my disgusting pervy fantasies again which like with most cat fights i think just the definition of cat fight is it's a projection yes. of men's <laughs> wishes uh to combine uh sex and violence i i mean i i think it's like i actually on this watch went back a, a few times and watched that particular sequence where she uh-huh. has been consumed uh incredible. and it's, it's like briefer than i remember like you were talking about it's very quick how, Wreck for a dream felt like you, you had been bludgeoned for like hours and hours. And you know, it's almost a 90 minute movie or just over it. Uh, that sequence is far shorter than I remembered because it's just, it, it feels like the, the, the world is just like sort of caving in on mm-hmm. itself. Like everything, everything is unraveling. Like it's coming off the reels here. And that's, I love when it, on that first experience where you have a genuine, like, I don't know where they're going to take this. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to have a happy ending. Right. But like, it's almost like this could go any number of ways. And it's a very opposite reaction that I had to the fountain where I'm like, Oh wow. Look at this canvas. He's, he's got here. Oh, okay. oh he's just, he's just going to paint it. just over there in that <laughs> little corner. And then he's going to have a little sad. Look, blame Weiss Brad Pitt. I don't know to tell you. You know, Rachel Vice. And, you know, just paint her eyes with X's. She's dead. She's dying. <laughs> the dead lady. Yes. <laughs> Hugh Jackman. Now he's bald. Like it's very MS paint for me for such a, a beautiful movie. Uh, Black Swan though, I, I don't find anything wrong with it. Like I've, this is the one I've watched the most. I, I'm on the record on yeah. some podcasts, probably numerous ones where, uh, th- this was a strange, like early date watch with Oof. various number of, <laughs> ladies that I was seeing in that, uh, 2010, 11 time period. Um, and I don't know why, um, I have paused it before or someone has accused me. I don't know if they, it's someone that knows me well. If I'm just <laughs> putting out there, uh, the, uh, the, the, lesbian experience, if I'm just looking for the bi-curious, now, i mean, like, I'm like, what do you think of it? Um, <laughs> yes. No, <laughs> which I don't, I mean, is nothing that wrong fair? with that. That's fine. I mean, I, I'm not. Uh, I don't want to speak for anyone in the queer community, but uh, to quote the uh, the the Weezer song, um, you know, everyone's a little queer. You put Mila Kunis on the table. I just assume everyone takes their shot. Doesn't matter. Everyone's good to go. Doesn't matter. I mean,
1: hard to say no. <laughs> everyone, everyone's
0: putting on the black swan face paint, putting in the contact lenses. Let's go their head against the wall. And other things breaking your legs backwards you know whatever whatever you gotta do wiping off wiping off the mouth you know because it's <laughs> a little
1: perspired <laughs> okay that's <laughs> enough out of you <laughs> like aronofsky went there why can't he i did. Like. he certainly did um also like that last <laughs> half hour it is truly like i i love natalie portman i think she's great in a lot of things but this this may be like her best like 30 minutes on screen that she's had in her career. Like, it's just a, such a tremendous physical performance. Like, she... Not a lit, Lucy
0: in the Sky fan, huh?
1: Still haven't seen it. Still haven't seen it.
0: <laughs> uh, I it's, can't go with Vox Lux, because you're like, you know... I mentioned percent well, Cinema having eight wait, fans. You're wait. one of the seven I'm about to mention Vox Lux. Lux, so don't oh, you worry. No. Oh, but she God. does,
1: like... it. She becomes a different character in that moment. Like, all of the all of the tentativeness is gone and you see it like just in her face immediately. It's tremendous performance. But I was thinking as I was watching this, like Natalie Portman has something about movies that end with like a 30 minute long performance. Cause that's how box Lux ends too. It ends with her concert and this ends with her performance. I will never watch it now. Oh my
0: goodness. (laughs) It does. Yeah.
1: It's you'll hate it. It'll be great. Uh, someday I'm gonna get you to, I'm gonna trick you into watching it. <laughs> and, uh, make it somehow so you can't leave the room. <laughs> like, we're gonna have to I think restrain I'll you. I'll go with, uh, <laughs>
0: Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium instead. Oh, Never sorry. saw that one. Yep, That's be neither. better.
1: No, thank you. Uh, but yeah, it's a, I mean, it's, I don't know that she's ever been better than in this movie. It's one of the few times where like, oh, you won your Oscar for the right movie. It finally happened. <laughs> like, they actually got it right. Cause, and I do That's think, true. More than any other Aronofsky movie, I think you're right that this is the most rewatchable. Um, there's, I mean, I think it's because it has that erotic thriller nature to it. It is like weirdly kind of a fun movie, even though it is very dark and a lot of bad shit happens. It's still like a fun journey to go on. And it's something that because it has that twist, it is rewatchable. So like, I mean, it's the one I've come back to the most and like we all know why. Why Mike? Why would that be? Tell us the chemistry Yeah, there it two is. Of the actors. Yes, yes. <laughs> Obviously we're talking about the the man and the woman, right? That's the chemistry between them. I
0: was talking about White Knight Rider,
1: you know. The White Rider and a at a Blade is that is that the yes, the chemistry you're talking about? Okay, good. Excellent. All right. All right, that's a good way to end an episode. Uh, White Knight Rider and a Blade. Uh flex one is great everyone has seen it at this point i think if you're listening to a movie podcast you've probably seen it but if for some reason you haven't like really this is this is the i would say this is the one of this month that i would be like i would this is the one i would recommend like if you're gonna watch an aronofsky movie this would be the one for me did you say vox lux is great i think you slipped that in there what i don't know what you're talking about mike Mm -hmm. it is great that's what the number one movie of that year correct (laughs) (laughs)
0: Not even in, uh, 2020. Uh, could you? I, I, I did. That be something.
1: It was if, my number one movie of that year.
0: Oh, I thought you were talking about financially. I'm like, oh, no, even no, no, in no, pandemic no. times. No, no. Can you imagine? Fucked
1: up up Not, not the Scott box Scott
0: Mendelssohn writing a Forbes article where it's like, well, it looks like Vox Lux was the top <laughs> spot at the box office this week with $500. <laughs> took the country by storm. Tenant wins uh, again.
1: This is. <laughs> The story of 2020.
0: So are we wrapping up Black Swan by saying this is the one that's been the most consistent in our sort of journey with Aronofsky? Like, both of us loved it. Yeah, I think I've so. Gone back to it. Hasn't yeah. changed. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting. I don't think, you know, you know, I talked about the fountain, like, taking this 180 on it. I don't think my experience of Black Swan has changed since it came out. Like, I have a very similar reaction to it every time. No. I'm case. no more
0: mature now to be able to handle it you can't <laughs> right. you can't throw hot lesbians at me and expect me to <laughs> come it's at true. it with a any sort of reasonable well actually that is a very reasonable take yeah there's I mean, nothing more reasonable than that yeah yeah i think that's i'm a, a man i've been i've i know myself that'll Women be i'm gonna put that otherwise. at the beginning of that so i'm a man <laughs> i'm just saying i i totally get it just just leave us out of it yeah yeah that's great Everyone look what wins. happens to poor Rider. one owner
1: Oh. That's a what if good... she
0: had, what if she had met a uh uh strapping young Mila Kunis with the 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 black swan tattoo? That and...
1: is the first time anyone's ever referred to Mila Kunis as strapping. <laughs> 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 I love it. That's great.
0: Mila Kunis can be whatever she wants.
1: fine with me i like it excellent good egg that's a good place to end i hope there's
0: nothing that comes out in between this recording and being released that she's actually
1: a terrible person i'm going to take that risk. you would have that luck absolutely all right so that is it for black swan uh what are we talking about next we're talking about noah is that the next one unless mike finally gets his wish (laughs) go
0: back to the bible like jesus i don't think there's any fucking going on in that boat but yep. um, I hope not. Jennifer there's Connelly a lot of animals on that
1: boat. That's yeah. Yeah, we're yeah not Jennifer Connolly's back. Uh God is back for Taryn Aronofsky. I mean, that's one thing we didn't mention though, is like there's not for once, there's not a lot of spirituality in uh in Black Swan. Hmm, um, curious. Like, and that's yeah. the one's
0: getting most replay. That's the one that wins. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting. I mean, even the wrestler had moments where he was like praying. Before his match, like, and, you know, there's definitely a, you know, him jumping off the top rope. It's very, you know, it's got that Christ like pose going on. But this is the only one, I think, so far that we don't see any of the spiritual stuff from Aronofsky. Uh, maybe it is just because it's a loose remake of a fucking cartoon. Maybe that's why. Dave uh, Enzo. All catty. right. Yeah, that ben is loses. who I am. All right. So next time we will talk about the Bible and we will talk about Noah. Uh, in the meantime, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, it's at directed by pod. And if you would like to donate to our Patreon and get extra episodes and sometimes early episodes, you go to patreon.com slash a podcast directed by. <laughs>